This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Okay, before I get into any NFL draft talk, I got to talk about these nationals. How do you give up a grand slam to a pitcher? How do you give up a grand slam to someone named Waskar Enoa? Waskar Enoa, a pitcher. Why are you giving up grand slams in the first place? Trevor Rain. And then to Waskar Enoa. Hell no, to the no, no, no. Hell to the no, hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Come on, man. Are y'all serious right now? Are y'all kidding? Are y'all serious? And then, okay, if that wasn't bad enough, they come back tonight. Against the Braves, chance to redeem yourself. Against, I guess, that's their ace, Max Fried. You give up another grand slam. This time to Marcel Ozuna. What are we doing? What are we doing? You were just on a four-game winning streak. And now we lose our last two games because we want to give up grand slam. And you know what's funny? In the eighth inning. We had the bases loaded. And we, we don't hit grand slams. We pop out. Get out of here, man. You got to be kidding me. You can't be serious. I cannot believe this. Two games against Waskar, you know what? And we haven't done anything. We're going to see him again. And when we do, he has to catch this fade. Because you give up a grand slam and we can't hit off the guy. Come on, man. This is ridiculous already, man. Already with the nonsense. But, you know, I guess this is what this team is. They're 500 already. But, hey, at least maybe they won't be 19 and 31. I mean, I'm about to look at their record right now. They're already, they're 12 and 13. They're already really close to 19 wins. So, hey. Maybe this year we could actually start with a decent record. Even with all that. Even with all that. Even with the loss tonight and last night. Still. Still. I'm looking at it now. Still number three in the NL East. Still tied for second. There's a three-way tie for second in the NL East. And we're a game and a half outside of first. The Phillies are in first. Because they beat up on the Mets. The Phillies are in first. Because they're the only team in the NL East. With a winning record. And that is a great thing because that means the Nationals will never be out of it because everyone in our division is loafing. And we already own the Miami Marlins already. So that helps. Now we got to figure out what we're going to do about the Braves because that is two times in a row. See, I was going to talk about their series against the Marlins. But, I mean, this Braves series so far has made me so mad. It's just, I don't even, it's not even worth talking about, man. It's not even worth talking about. I'm heated. I mean, we did some good things. We uh we walked off. We walked off with another Schwarber home run. Um, Corbin made a, made a nice comeback, and we won 7-2. to And then Scherzer came back with nine strikeouts. And a complete game, all that just to come back and give up a grand slam to a pitcher. Damn! Come on, man. 
Come on. You can't be serious. Anyway, man, I'll, I'll talk about the roller coaster of the Washington Nationals in the next show. But for now, the NFL draft was this weekend. And I did go to the last day of it in Cleveland. Could have went to day two. I mean, I was in the area. I could have went to day two, but we did day three. I could have went to day one, but I had to do something on day one. So I didn't get into town until day two. Nevertheless, I took a bunch of notes. I mean, overall, after the first two picks, it was kind of interesting. The first two picks were boring and predictable. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one. We knew Zach Wilson was going to go number two. But see, I took the bait and thought Mac Jones was going to the 49ers. So when the 49ers took Trey Lance, I was legit shocked. But as JR Sport Brief and others have highlighted, oh, that's a charge. I'm looking at the Bucks and Wizards, but I'll get to that later. Um, basically, the 49ers were taking Trey Lance all along, and I had no idea. I fell for it. A bunch of people in the media fell for it. The fans fell for it. It was a smokescreen. Honestly, man, it wasn't even really a smokescreen. It was just like people just said they were taking Mac Jones, and people just ran with it. At least, at least that's what, that's what, um... Shanahan pretty much said. But they took Trey Lance. Good pick. Great pick. Great pick. Um, the Bengals took Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. And I'm just like, I, I'm 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 in the camp of people that's like, you gotta take a lineman. Joe Burrow just got killed all season, and then he tore his ACL. Obviously, you go with the best lineman in the draft. By far. That's obvious to me. But instead, they went with the best playmaker. They went with Jamar Chase. They went with Joe Burrow's number one target in college. I mean, people are split on this. I understand. They should have took the linemen. Whatever. 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 Um, You know, they got linemen later in the draft. And they just signed a left tackle, I believe. So, you know, they'll be fine. They'll be fine, I assume. But I I hope they can keep Joe Burrow upright. <laughs> Miami chose Jalen Waddle over Devonta Smith. I saw a bunch of mocks that said Miami was going to take Devonta Smith or they were going to take Jamar Chase. Especially if the Bengals were taking Penny Sewell, they were going to take Jamar Chase. So Jamar Chase is gone. Penny Sewell has gone. They take Jalen Waddle. Hell of a receiver, really fast. Hey, I, I ain't mad at it. Uh, let's see. Before I get to the Bears, the main listen, the main thing I was worried about in the draft because I'm an Eagles fan. Who is the Eagles going to take? Are they going to take Devontae Smith? Are they going to take Devon? Were they going to take Makai Parsons? Were they going to take Patrick Sertan? They going to take J.C. Horn? Um, a bunch of mock drafts had them taking Sertan or, nah, actually they had Sertan going to Dallas. So, I kind of knew where this was heading. When the Broncos didn't get Makai Parsons, 
But instead, they didn't get Makai Parsons. They didn't get Justin Fields. I knew they weren't going to get Mac Jones. They didn't get Parsons. They didn't get Fields. They got Sertan. I was shocked. Okay. So they got the Cowboys guy. So now who the Cowboys are going to pick? Who are they going to pick? And J.C. Horn went early, too. He went to the Panthers. So the top two corners off the board, what are the Cowboys going to do? I guess they knew that they could get Makai Parsons later in the round, so they traded back. And they traded with the Eagles, and the Eagles got Devonta Smith. And I was so excited. The guy that I hoped the Eagles were going to get all along, they got him, and they got him at 10. And I was ecstatic. And I knew, I just knew before the Eagles made that trade that the Giants were going to pick Devonta Smith. And I didn't know what the, the Eagles were going to do if the Giants got Devonta Smith. I did not want the Eagles to go against him twice a year. Instead, the Giants have to. <laughs> wow. Wow, the Wizards. The Wizards just gave up a putback dunk. With six seconds to go to go down four, they're gonna lose, bro. They're gonna lose. It's it's the Bucks. They're better team. Whatever. It's just they were so close. They were so close. Anyway, back to the draft. Man, the the Eagles stole Devonta Smith from the Giants. And not only do I hope he destroys them from now on, I hope I hope he becomes Hall of Fame. So, so the Giants could take that L. So, of course, that's the guy the Giants wanted, so they traded back, which caused the Bears to get Justin Fields. I was like, that's a great pick. I was like, they should get a quarterback. They should get a quarterback. They need one. Andy Dalton is cool, but I think he was just a bridge. Justin Fields, perfect. Perfect. I love it. Then the Pats got Mac Jones. A lot of people was saying that Mac Jones could should go to the Patriots, that him and Bill Belichick would be a great match, and he's a lot like Tom Brady with the unathleticism and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And it happened. Perfect. Perfect, I love it. The Giants end up getting a receiver. They got Kadarius Toney, which is still a good one because he's very dynamic. He's very, he's a very good playmaker. He's very dangerous in the open field, and you could put him all over the field. Man, Bradley Bill is playing like Jordan. <laughs> I'll talk about it later. I'll talk about it later. But back to the draft. Whoa, he stepped on a line. Back to the draft, man. This is ridiculous. The Wizards are getting on my nerves. The Wizards stepped out of bounds. They stole the ball down one with two seconds to go. They stole the ball, but they said my man stepped on the line. I'm pissed. He out here playing with the Bucks, boy. He playing with them, man. I know the Bucks. Okay, they are the better team. But the Wizards have missed a lot of opportunities. They are messing up my draft talk. Maybe I should wrap up this draft talk. Should I get there? I mean, seriously. Like, the, the Eagles took Landon Dickerson over Creed Humphrey. To be fair, Landon Dickerson was a higher-rated center. It's just the injury problems I'm really worried about. He just came back from a tour in ACL, or he's working on it. Well, hey, maybe he can heal up 
while Jason Kelsey plays his last year as an Eagle, I assume. So that's fine. That works out. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, he could heal up while that happened. Najee Harris went to Pittsburgh while I forgot that James Conner went to the Cardinals. So that was a good pickup for the Steelers. But Steelers fans were like, who is going to block for him? Who's going to block for him? <laughs> I like how the Jets are building a beast of an O-line. They got Makai Becton, and now they got um, Elijah Vera Tucker. So they got a whole side of the line, just beast. They built, and, and then they got Zach Wilson, too. I mean, they, they building the squad up front. And they got Quentin Williams on the other side? Man, they trying to look like the Eagles up front. It's only a matter of time, bro. It's only a matter of time. If, if Trevor Lawrence wasn't enough, the Jazz got ETN, too. So they got the whole Clemson backfield in Jacksonville. That's interesting to me. Oh, Rondell Moore to the Cardinals. Man, that's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Oh, Creed Humphrey went to the Chiefs, which was very cool. He's in a very, very good situation. But um, Rondo Mars to the Cardinals isn't even fair. Oh, Garrison Matthews missed a long distance shot, too. He missed the half-court shot. It, it, it bounced off the rim. And the Wizards lose another close one. I'm bouncing around, but I, I'm doing the podcast while watching the Wizards game. And, oh, he was so close to making that. That joint went off the rim. And I'm just like, damn. The Listen, the Wizards have only lost three games in their last, like, 17 games. They only lost three games. And they lost one by three points. They lost one by one point, And they lost another one by one point. Just now, they just lost by one point. This team is rolling. They don't want to see them. Oh, they don't want to see these guys, man. <laughs> you got to love me jumping around on this show. But see, that's what happens when I do shows during live events. Stuff happens like this. Anyway, back to it. Ronda Moore to the Cardinals makes them more dangerous. They got Larry Fitzgerald. They had DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk, oh, man, this team is loaded. Now they got Rondell Moore, and Kyler Murray is just his own offense. This team is something. This team is something else, man. Real talk. This this team is loaded. Yeah, they got so many weapons, it's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> and in round three, I love how they started off round three with Basically, the fourth, not the fourth, but the sixth and seventh best quarterbacks got taken off the board. Basically, like, Kellen Mond is pretty much going to be a backup to Kirk Cousins, and Davis Mills is um, maybe the heir apparent to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's probably not playing this year, so Davis Mills might start, and if he does good, might as well just run it with Davis Mills. For real, dog. Okay, so the Cowboys did end up getting a corner. They got Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. He was at LSU at first. And here's what people start running with on social media, that he is the Devonta Smith stopper. Just because when they played each other, when, okay, so Kelvin Joseph lined up on Devonta Smith 24 times. Devonta Smith's stats 
when lined up against Calvin Joseph, three targets, no yards, no catches. But they say he did Devonta Smith stopper and he got an interception. That's first of all, that's just one game. Just one game. Devonta Smith went off when I guess Calvin Joseph wasn't on him. And then Alabama won fifty nine to three. And 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 it's just like, you know, this reminds me of the Trey Young, Javon Carter thing. Just because Javon Carter slowed down Trey Young, they start calling Javon Carter, Trey Young's dad. I got a whole show about that way back in the day. But he is not Trey Young's dad. I said from the beginning, Trey Young is going to be the better player and the better pro. Devonta Smith is going to be the better player and the better pro. And if they line him up, if they line Kelvin Joseph up against Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith will be ready this time and he will cook this guy. So Cowboys fans need to stop it, even if it's a joke. You're not ready. You're not ready for Devonta Smith. Oh, and it took Green Bay forever, but they they got a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and they got uh, Randall Cobb, third-round grade. They got, well, they got an imitation Randall Cobb. Well, he's similar to Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers. I guess that's good for them. That's a pretty good weapon. And then they let go Jake Kumaro and Aaron Rodgers not happy with that. And I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers later. Uh, another thing, uh, what about this Washington sitcom? They got the tackle from Texas, uh, Sam Cosme. That's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, they didn't get any of them first round tackles. They passed on Christian Derisaw, which I don't understand, but whatever. They like Jamin Davis better, and they're trying to build this beast of a defense. They're trying to add to this beast of a defense that they already have. But I say their defense isn't that good once you figure out how to block their front four, and that's challenging. Once you figure out how to block their front four, you should be good when it comes to attacking the Washington sitcom defense. I'm just saying. Oh, another thing about the first round, uh. The Dolphins got Jalen Phillips, who is my favorite pass rusher in the draft. 6'6", 260. I didn't know he was that big. Just watching his highlights, I just love his I just I just love his pass rush moves. I love his energy. I love his molder. You know, he's gonna do great in Miami. And he's opposite Emmanuel Ogba. Dog, they got a pass rushing beast over there. Okay, but the main thing that had me upset about the third round was Ronnie Perkins slid to the last pick or one of the last picks in the third round. I thought it was ridiculous because us Sooner fans know how good Ronnie Perkins is. He's arguably the best DN, well, he was the best pass rusher in the Big 12. He's amazing. He's great against the run. Okay, he's he's up and down as a pass rusher. I'm not going to lie. But we love his energy. We love his motor. We love just how much of a beast he is. And it's like he went late third round. And I thought that was ridiculous until I start reading some, like, pre-draft rankings and position rankings. Once I start reading that, then I started understanding why he slid so far. A lot of people 
Well, first of all, he didn't play half the season. That's one thing. Then he's 6'3". A lot of these DNs that got drafted are 6'5", long arms, 260, 270 pounds, maybe high 250. They're bigger than Ronnie Perkins, who's only 6'3", 253. I was all hyped. See, I was all hyped because ESPN had him ranked 36 overall, which is basically a early second round grade, and an 88 grade overall, which is a B, which is like a B plus. I was all hyped, and then I kept reading the other ones, and all these other sites had Ronnie Perkins eighth best DN or worse. Walter Football didn't even have him ranked at all. I'm like, what? The disrespect is real. The Patriots took him, though. And the Patriots took Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson went round four, and he had a great second half. It's like no one can really tackle him. I mean, he just, he's just a, a good runner, just runs with great power, and he's hard to tackle. And he got underrated breakaway speed. So it's like, Patriots got these guys, and I think they'll do well. It's just the Ronnie Perkins, no one likes his size, and they don't think him he's that athletic. And they don't think he's that great of a pass rusher, but he's one of the best against the run, which is good. But you need that that pass rush. And that's why, and honestly, the Cowboys could have took him. They took they took somebody who was ranked way lower or who has a worse grade than Ronnie Perkins. They took Chauncey Golston. I think the Cowboys took him. Because they fit his, he fits their scheme better, and he's bigger. He's much bigger. So, you know, it's just um, the size thing and the athleticism thing. I, I think, you know, Ronnie Perkins has plenty of skill. I think that's covered. But all that other stuff, man, they just, the size, the athleticism, the questionable off-the-field stuff, uh, I guess some teams wasn't dealing with it. I mean, it is what it is, man. And 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 ESPN had Peyton Turner ranked ninth, had the ninth DN with a third round grade, but he went in the first round because he's six six two sixty eight. And, and I mean, I, I mean, I guess, man. I on a lot of these sites, Peyton Turner wasn't even top five DN, but he went in the first round to the Saints. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. Some other late rounds stuff like day three stuff. Sam Ellinger went to the Colts. And I was like, uh-oh, Carson Wentz in trouble. It, seriously, if Carson Wentz plays like he did last year, there's plenty of opportunity for Sam Ellinger or Jason or Jacob Eason or whatever his name is to start. Uh, Ian Brooke to New Orleans. Once again, another opportunity. Uh, Jameis Winston don't have a chokehold on the position. Freaking, um, <laughs> the guy from BYU whose name escapes me right now, he's barely a quarterback. So it's like, <laughs> he's barely a quarterback. So there's opportunity there. So Ian Book could end up starting. I wouldn't be surprised. And you got to take into account 
potential injuries too, he, he could. Okay, Trey Brown, the really fast clutch corner from OU, he went to the Seahawks. That's a nice pickup. We'll see how that goes. Trey Norwood went in the seventh round. He's one of the last picks in the draft. He went to the Steelers. That's that's a pretty good pick. I hope he gets to play for sure. Uh, Sean Wade went in the sixth round. He was a surefire first-round pick. Thought he was one of the best corners in the draft, and it turns out he wasn't. And he ended up going into the sixth round. And Jamie Newman went undrafted. And even the Washington sitcom was talking about drafting him in the later rounds. He went undrafted, and he went to the Eagles. I wasn't expecting the Eagles to pick him. That's another spot where you have an opportunity to possibly steal the starting spot because you got Jalen Hurts, who is, you know, kind of inexperienced. They're not really sold on him, the coaches. And you got Joe Flacco, who's just a shell of himself. So he he has a chance. But I, I think it's Jalen Hurts' team at the end of the day. But we'll see. We'll see what Jamie Newman can do. If he's for real, he ends up starting. I'm cool with that. Dylan Moses didn't get drafted. I forgot who he got picked up by. That was crazy. You know, that's uh, that's pretty much it, man. The draft was cool. Day three, I actually went to the draft in Cleveland. It was a lot more people than I thought. You had to be vaccinated to go down in the theater. It was all free. Everything was free except the food and drink, which I completely understand. They probably made a killing on that. When I say every single line at every single station, like 40-yard dash and Super Bowl trophy and Super Bowl rings, even concessions, everything was packed. Everything was crowded. Everything had long wait times. That place was packed. I didn't expect it to be that packed even on day three, but it was. It was a really good turnout. I wish I could have went to the first two days, but it just didn't work out that way. And that is fine, to be honest. I had fun. And then I went to the Cavs and the Heat. It's unfortunate that we had to fade the uh, me and my man Zach. Had to fade the Cavs and Wizards. I wanted to see my Wizards. They were hot. They were on fire. They pretty much only lost three games in like three or four weeks. I wanted to see them. And they, and you know, we did watch them on TV and the Wizards went off. The, look at me talking about the Wizards again. <laughs> oh, man. I'll talk about their game against the Pacers later. But, yeah, they went off. And, uh, you know, after some Bradley Bill Ollie Oop, they just completely wiped Cleveland off the face of the earth. And honestly, the same thing happened against the Heat. The Cavs were in it. Kevin Love turned back the clock and had like 16 first half points. But once the Heat got it to 10, they just never looked back. Once Jimmy Butler got going, it was a wrap. Duncan Robinson seemed like he couldn't miss from three. It was unbelievable. Um, they just, he just did their thing. They, they looked like the team that was just in the finals, minus T- Tyler Hero and uh, Victor Oladipo. Uh, poor Cavs, man. Because after, after a certain point, 
it was just Colin Sexton. And okay, it didn't help that they didn't have Darius Garland or Larry Nance. But still, man, some of that defense they were playing, they were just a turnstile. They were just a turnstile. They were just a bull and a matador. They were just a matador, matador defense. Their defense was good at the beginning of the year. I mean, they had more bodies and they had drumming. But it's like, now they just, I think they just tanking, bro. I don't know who they tanking for. Who are you going to get? Kate Cunningham? Jonathan Kaminga? Um, Evan Mobley? Who are, we, who are we tanking for? Who are they tanking? Anyway, man, it was good to be in that arena. It definitely looks better than Capital One Arena. I will definitely give them that. And it was good to see the trophy, too. It wasn't a line to see that trophy, unlike the NFL. It was just a great experience. I love their little alternate uniforms, too. It was a great experience. The whole weekend was, was nice. Now, enough of the NBA, NFL draft, and the Cavs. Let me talk about, all right, some quick takes. All right, I already talked about the Cavs and Heat. The Lakers, okay. The Lakers will lose. They lost to the Raptors. And they lost a game before the Raptors. And they lost twice to the Mavericks. And it's just, man, listen, it's all good. It's all good. What am I supposed to say? Like, they still have LeBron and AD. The thing is, though, them guys are not healthy. Period. They they are not healthy. And it's just, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. But they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be fine. Uh, I am worried about... Their potential play and matchup with the Warriors because Steph Curry is going off. And he just, he is a beast. My thing is, man, the Warriors are inconsistent. They lost to the Wizards twice. They got shut down by the Wizards the second time. Just some of the games they lose are head scratch. Well, they didn't necessarily get shut down by the Wizards twice. Just Steph Curry, which is crazy. But the Warriors are inconsistent. And they got, they're hovering around 500. But everyone's afraid of playing them because they have Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And you don't know what Wiggins is going to do. Wiggins and Oubre are very capable of doing their own thing. So it's going to be tough for the Lakers. But I, I'm just not ready to count out LeBron yet. They'll they'll find a way to get it together. LeBron is resting even more now. We'll see. Uh, Jeff Bedeck got let go by the Washington sitcom. If there's if there wasn't any more reason to laugh at the Washington sitcom, you know that's another reason. Uh, you let go all that speed. Yeah, they just drafted a receiver. They they drafted Dami Brown from. North Carolina, you still could have kept Bedette around because he is a hell of a receiver. Like, he got a lot of speed. He got a lot of speed. You could have used him kick return, punt return. Or even as a gadget player, I, I <laughs> whatever, whatever, 
You know, they, they, I guess they know what they're doing. We'll see. Uh, Clay Travis, <laughs> he made this whole thing about um, Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller getting benched versus Penn State, which I, I guess that's bad. I mean, I, I guess it's a big deal because she's been she's just been praised as this hero, and she kind of is to some to some people. Especially women in sports. I get it. And it's like, there are also some people that believe that her significance is greatly overrated. And they were tired of hearing about her. So this lioness of a figure in the biggest game of her career gets benched. It's not a good look. And they lose and they're out of the tournament. And they were a ranked seed. They were a 16th seed. But I guess Penn State wasn't ranked that far behind them. So uh, maybe it's not that much of an upset. But it's a bad look when you're kind of a a big name like, like Sarah Fuller and someone that just is very overrated in some people's eyes. I'm just saying. I don't even think I'm going to get to the Sooner Schooner today. <laughs> maybe next show. Yeah, probably not. Okay, Tom Wilson gotten some big Tom Wilson gotten some big fight against the New York Rangers. And I looked at it, I looked at the replay, and it's it wasn't as bad as people make it seem. He punched the guy. Okay, it was a little much. The guy number 99 from the Rangers was laying face down on the ice. And Tom Wilson punched him. I know it's a bad look. It is. It, yeah, that's that's kind of bad. He punched him one time in the shoulder. He didn't even punch them in the head. And then the Rangers swarmed him, and it was just a free-for-all. And Panarin jumped on Tom Wilson's back, and they were wrestling. These Rangers fans got all upset about that. And the funniest part was, was their official Twitter account put out a statement. You're out here putting out state, but you couldn't make a statement when it mattered the most. Oh, God. Your team trash. And you got eliminated from playoff contention that same night. And you're worrying about Tom Wilson, but you should be worrying about winning some games because you're out of the playoffs. Y'all, okay, maybe Tom Wilson should be submitted. Maybe, okay, maybe a game. But it wasn't as bad as y'all make it seem. He got fined, that's it. He, you know, he's already served a 10-game suspension. Like, come on, guys. Come on. It really, and and then they went after, they said that whoever hands out the punishment, whoever the guy's name is, they said he should be fired. Y'all just crying, bro. And then, listen, all this, you know, deal about, oh, it's going to be a fight the next game. Yeah, okay, it happened this game. And then the Caps took your lunch money again. And the Caps won again because TJ Oshie is your dad. He had a hat trick tonight. He killed them. And I love it. 
Well, by the time you get this episode, it would have been last night. But still, I love it. I love it. It came out ready to scrap, but we won again. And the season series is finishing a tie 4-4. The Rangers blew a 3-1 lead in the season series. They had a 3-1 lead, bro. And the Cats won the last three or four. You're done. Shut it down. Knock it off. Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs from the couch. Okay, now back to the Wizards. The Wizards won a game where they won 154 to 141. And these stats are insane on both sides. I'm just looking at it, and it's insane. Everyone was in double digits, just about, except... Rahu Neo, Rahu Neo, Nato, Raul Neto, and he had nine, so he almost had double digits. And on their side, everyone that played had double digits. Crazy offensive game, crazy. Demontis Abonis, 32, 19, and nine. Insane, insane. Karis Levert had 33. After what he did in the bubble, I always have respect for that guy. But Westbrook, 14. 24 assists, 21 rebounds. Wow. Bradley Bill had 26 on 11-24 shooting. Very inefficient, but whatever. It's Bradley Bill. The whole bench had double digits. Daniel Gafford had played 15 minutes with 7 for 7, 15 points. He is crazy efficient. I love that pickup. The Wizards are killing it. The Wizards will make the playoffs. The Wizards will win their play-in game easily. I'm not kidding. Okay, okay. Since that four-game losing streak, which ended with them losing to the Raptors by two, some crazy Gary Trent shot. Since that crazy, stupid Gary Trent shot, the Wizards have only lost three games by a combined Five points. Killing them. This was April 7th, right? So it's spreading pretty much a month. So in the past month, the Wizards have gone, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen and three. They swept the Thunder. They swept the Warriors. They swept the Cavaliers. Well, they got one more game against the Cavaliers, but there's no reason to believe they won't win that game, too. We got revenge on the Kings. Swept the Jazz. Like, unbelievable. Just just unbelievable, man. Okay, okay, they've lost four games. 13-4. and four. Not bad. And just throw out the Suns game. We didn't have Bradley Bill. And we had some BS third quarter where we just couldn't do anything right. Throw that game out the window. Other than that, only lost by three, only lost by one twice. I don't know how they lost to the Mavericks. I don't know how they choked against the Mavericks. Some BS stuff happened in the Bucks game where Connaughton and DaVincio just decides to be clutch. And we had some nonsense where Roll Neto steals the ball and he steps out of bounds. Um, we had another play where Daniel Gafford doesn't get fouled, no call, steps out of bounds, their ball, they hit a three, they go up. I mean, they don't hit a three, 
they uh they miss a shot. Lopez, the other Lopez brother, grabs it and puts them up four. It's that was that game was some BS too. And I was watching that the whole time while I was doing this show. Just like that. <laughs> this team, man, I love the direction this team is going. I cannot see them losing in the playing game because we're probably going to draw Charlotte, Indiana. Indiana, we've beaten twice. We just put up 154 on them. I like our chances against Indiana. I don't care about Karis Avert and DeMontis Sabonis. We won't be able to stop them, but I ain't worried about anybody else. And then also, we might play Charlotte, who is very up and down and dealing with some injuries. Charlotte, okay, Charlotte is a better team. They've beaten us twice easily. But it's another game. It's another level where we're playing them in the playoffs. And I truly believe that we can beat them if we play them in the playoffs. I'm just saying. Uh, real quick, let's talk about the greatness of Aaron Rodgers' MVP season. The great thing about that season is how they drafted Jordan Love. Late in the first round, he was mad about it. He was upset about it. But he came back and had one of his best seasons ever and won the MVP when his team thought he was hitting the wall or nearing the end and they were preparing for the future instead of worrying about what they got in the present, which was a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl. And then the same team... And the same team ended up being a few plays away from the Super Bowl. So they did a little bit better. But imagine what they could have done with a better first-round pick. What if they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? What if they ended up trading up? Instead of trading back into the first round to get Jordan Love, trading to get freaking Justin Jefferson. Imagine what that would have done. Imagine what that would have done. But instead, you get Jordan Love. He bench warms the entire season. And it doesn't look like he's going to play anytime soon unless Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving, which there's there's rumors that he wants to leave or he wants the GM fired and then he'll stay. But it's just he had all that going against him. And for him to just go out, and to put up numbers like he did is just incredible. I love it. You know, I, I haven't liked this guy for like a whole decade. Mostly because, you know, my annoying Packers fan friend. That's mainly why I didn't like him. But I don't know. He's kind of winning me over, man. With how he just continues to be great. And how he was great last year. Despite all this adversity and despite all the injuries and whatever, you know, upper management was doing with the new coach and everything. I mean, come on, man. I'm looking at these stats now. This man had 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, 4,299 yards. Unbelievable. 70% completion percentage, which was the best in his career. He just put up record numbers. He put up all these, and his team went 13-3. And he started every game. Wow. Great. 
greatness. Just greatness. I mean, this is a GOAT level brand, right? We got to highlight greatness. We got to call it out. We have to aspire to be that type of great. And you know, that it's legendary what he did. Man, enough of all this nonsense, man. We just going to get right into it. Let's go to the hypothetical game of the episode. Okay, before I get started, I must say that Russell Westbrook is only two triple-doubles away from tying Oscar Robertson's record. When I looked towards the beginning of the year, it looked like he wasn't going to catch Oscar Robertson. This man is about to not only pass him, he's about to run away and hide with the record. He has 179. I think by the end of his career, He'll have over 300, and it's going to be damn near impossible for anyone to catch him. It's going to be impossible. There's just not a player like Westbrook. It's just hard to replicate that. But speaking of legends and NBA legends, the hypothetical game of the episode this week is a search-and-destroy paintball matchup between Team Jordan and Team LeBron. So on Team LeBron, you got Kareem, Bird, Hakeem, Wilt, Katie, and Duncan, and of course LeBron, obviously. On Team Jordan, you got Jordan, Magic, Kobe, Bill Russell, Shaq, Steph, Dr. J. The setting for this Search and destroy paintball matchup is the Lincoln Memorial. You gotta love it. You gotta love this type of creativity, right? And you know how search and destroy goes if you play Call of Duty. Uh, there's a there's a bomb. One team has to try to detonate it. The other team has to defend that said bomb. And if the team that, you know, detonates the bomb or or does it, if they succeed and blow up everybody, they win. Uh, If not, if, what's the name of the other team, uh, gets to the bomb and defuses it, they win. Or if they kill everybody. The team defending the bombs kills everybody. They they win. They don't even have to touch the bomb. So there you go. But using paintball, nobody dies. You just step aside. <laughs> All right, man. So Team Jordan starts at the Lincoln Memorial itself. And Team LeBron starts at the World War II Memorial. So if you've been to D.C., you see it's those two memorials are separated by the refraction pool. So that's the middle. Everything else in between there is fair game for shooting, hiding, whatever. So here you go. Here we go. Right off the bat, uh, Jordan rushes right into it. And already he gets Tim Duncan. But 
Jordan does not see LeBron James. As he tries to find a hiding spot, he does not see LeBron James who pops him, and Jordan is out. That's the thing. You get hit, you're out. And everyone's in their prime and young and alive, you know, because some of these people in this game are not alive in real life. So, back to the game. So, Magic and Wilt get into a shootout, but Wilt gets Magic. And now, Team Jordan is down two of his members. Two of his most important members. Uh, Let's see. Bill Russell gets LeBron from long distance. Uh, Larry Bird gets Shaq at the Lincoln Memorial statue. Right behind the statue, he peeks out and he gets Shaq. He catch him lacking. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Kobe and KD get into a shootout, but they both shoot each other. They both are out the game. They cancel each other out. Mingo, there you go. Bill Russell gets Hakeem. Bill Russell is having a heck of a game. Uh, Bill Russell, no one has grabbed the bomb and set it yet. No one has grabbed the bomb and set it yet. And if they have, they instantly have to drop it because they... They get tagged. They got tagged. So Bill Russell runs into Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but somehow gets away from them and hides. So Larry Bird gets Steph, gets Stephen Curry. But Bill Russell somehow comes out of nowhere, reappears, and gets Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Larry Bird. So now all that's left is Bill Russell versus Wilt. While all this was happening, Wilt Wilt Chamberlain snuck to the bomb. He planted, uh, he detonated it, and now it's 45 seconds before it goes off. And Team LeBron wins. And so... At the World War One Memorial, which is kind of, it's kind of in between the World War Two and the Lincoln Memorial. Wilt Chamberlain hides. He hides and he waits for Bill Russell to reappear. He catch him trying to defuse the bomb, and he's gonna pop him. Unfortunately, Bill Russell was expecting that, so he crept. He crept when Wilt appeared. He shot at Wilt. Wilt hit again. And then they got into a small little shootout. But Bill Russell got Wilt. And everyone's eliminated. So he defused the bomb with five seconds left. And Team Jordan with the come from behind victory. And they win the hypothetical game of the episode. And it's about to be the end of the episode. But see... What they win, they win the Golden Goat Trophy. They win the Golden Goat Trophy. They celebrate at the Reflection Pool on the National Mall. You got to love it. Team Jordan Clutch, of course. So that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.